Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of one of our 2020 Elul study classes. Today I want to take the sort of, you know, limited time we have to really explore together forgiveness and to really practice forgiveness. As you all know, forgiveness, tshuva and slicha, self-transformation, repentance and forgiveness are really the the two primary themes of this time of the year, Elul that we're in right now and leading up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I, I don't know what your experience of it is, but I know that my experience, especially as a child, um, was that I knew we talked about forgiveness and I knew it was a good idea and uh, that it was something I should do, but I didn't really actually have any idea of what it was or how to do it. Like, what does it really mean uh, to forgive somebody? And I think not only did I not know what it was, but personally I think I was quite confused about some of my ideas about what it was, which created a lot of problems and still create problems for me in forgiveness. And so what I'd like to do is the following. I'd like to, first of all, give a little intro into what I think we're talking about when we're talking about forgiveness. So we're all on the same page. And then we'll, we'll take a brief time to look at some text together. We'll see how much time we have. And then from there, we'll go into an actual forgiveness practice, forgiveness meditative practice that we'll do together uh, that you can each work with in whatever our forgiveness experiences are or need to be. Um, and you can feel free at any time. Uh, if you have a question, please, uh, I find the easiest way is the, the, um, the uh, virtual hand. Exactly. Thank you. The Zoom hand, precisely. Uh, whatever way you have, if you have a question, feel free to jump in and ask. And we'll do some discussion, we'll do some practice, and we'll experiment and we'll reflect together. So the, the first place to start is a famous verse in the Torah, in Vayikra. And maybe I'll just I'll share a, a document for you for a moment that has that verse on it. Here it is. Um, so if you just look at that first verse on the page, you'll see it's this very, very famous verse. It says, Lotikom Do not get take revenge against or bear a grudge against the your people. This famous, famous line, love your fellow as yourself. I am God. Now, I assume you've all heard this line, love your neighbor as yourself, love your fellow as yourself, right? One of the most famous lines of the Torah. But often we don't pay attention to the fact that it's actually the second part of a longer verse. Right? And the first part of the verse is basically commanding us to forgive people. It says, don't take vengeance and don't bear a grudge, right? Don't be resentful. It's not like what happens when we're not forgiving, which is very complex, right? I, I think uh, complicated and challenging. First in the sense of what does it mean to be commanded to forgive? I'm not even sure that makes sense. You know what? Certainly we can't, be told to forgive. We know that the heart doesn't work that way. You know, somebody can tell you to forgive a thousand times, but if your heart isn't ready to forgive, too bad, right? That's not going to happen. So perhaps it's some kind of invitation to at least cultivate forgiveness. But the second thing is that what the verse already tells us is that this forgiveness is inseparable from love. It's directly connected to some kind of gesture or movement of love. And that's what we're going to explore more deeply. What is this connection between forgiveness and love? What might it mean to open to those who have hurt us and open also to those we have hurt in a different way that might enable a different kind of experience and relationship with them? And so to do that, I want to get clear, first of all, what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Because I think often we have misconceptions of forgiveness, and this blocks our heart. The first thing forgiveness is not 
Forgiveness is not saying that what somebody did was okay. I think that's one of the prime mistakes I think I made as a kid. Like if I forgave somebody, somehow I was saying that that was okay. In fact, forgiveness is the exact opposite of that. Forgiveness is saying is what happened was not okay. (laughs) And even though it's not okay, I'm going to let go of the anger and resentment in my heart. And so, in fact, one of the blocks to forgiveness can be our inability to recognize actually the hurt which is involved, right? So that's one, one piece I want to be clear about forgiveness. The second thing, this is probably connected, is that, you know, people say forgive and forget. Uh, so forgiveness is not forgetting, right? Sometimes forgiveness can allow us to really move past something and feel like that's behind us, not part of the relationship anymore. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we might want to forgive, but stay very clear about what happened and how we need to be careful that that thing doesn't happen again. Right? That's a totally legitimate part and can be a totally legitimate aspect of forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't even necessarily mean reconciliation. One of the beauties of forgiveness is that it can lead to reconciliation. That's wonderful. But it's very important to recognize that we can forgive without reconciling. And, and sometimes that can be wise. There might be people, as one of my teachers said, forgiveness is letting people back into your heart. But you may never let them back into your home, Right? There may be somebody that's hurt us or has been damaging in some way that is not safe. They may not be safe, you know, and that's okay. We can still do this internal work of forgiveness and still be clear about, but there may be a boundary here. Maybe I'm not going to reinitiate relationship with them, but I don't have to carry out. Um, I don't carry that. Forgiveness is not allowing them to hurt us again, right? We can protect ourselves from hurt but we don't have to be filled with hatred and resentment. And what forgiveness is, is essentially about letting go of the anger and the resentment. Letting go of the anger and resentment in our heart. Which means in a certain way, forgiveness is actually fundamentally about ourselves. That is, again, I know my experience, you can check out your own experience, but resentment is painful and narrowing and shutting me down and closes me off to the beauty and wonder and playfulness of the world, right? I walk around in a state which is tight and narrow and constricted and full of pain. And so in some ways, I'm forgiving essentially because it's hurting me not to. That's why forgiveness is not connected to a question of desert. It's not whether the person deserves to forgive or not, you know, I deserve to not have to walk around with that pain and that suffering. And I think, I, I know for myself, I've often had the thought, um, you know, they don't deserve forgiveness. I don't want to give that person forgiveness. Or I won't forgive them until they apologize or do X or Y, whatever it is. Totally understandable. I have these thoughts. You may have them as well. But what I think is puzzling for me about those thought processes is it's more or less saying the following. It's saying, I'm suffering right now from resentment and anger. It's miserable. And I'm saying, I won't let go of this resentment and anger and allow myself to heal unless this person does X or Y. Precisely the person who hurt me. I'm kind of giving the keys to my happiness, right, to somebody who has been damaging to me. Why would I want to give them the keys to my happiness? (laughs) Why would I want to put myself in the cage and give them the keys to let me out of the cage? Don't I want to let myself out of the cage myself? And so forgiveness is really about this process of letting go, of release. And in that way, it's about not letting, not putting that person 
and perhaps ultimately not putting any person out of our heart, not banishing them. And this, of course, can do lots of beautiful things. It can help us find a place of reconciliation. It can reform relationships. But it doesn't have to. Our fundamental intention, my intention in, in forgiveness, is often just freedom, the freedom of my own heart, the transformation of my own heart. And then often also repair, especially if it's a relationship, a deep relationship. I know, I don't know what it's like for you, but, you know, my partner, my spouse, we have conflict, right? <laughs> we have a good relationship. We have conflict. There's lots of places there for forgiveness from both of us towards the other. And so, of course, that's a place of repair. And the more I'm able to do that, the more my heart opens, the, the, the fuller, the more vibrant, the more loving and connected our relationship becomes. So I know I just shared a lot with you. So I just want to pause here for a second and ask for any comments or thoughts or objections or anything people want to share or, or offer or ask about just what I've offered so far about how I'm thinking about what forgiveness is. Yeah, Millie. Yeah, so um, I totally resonate with the way that you are uh, explaining to us that the process should, um, you know, be, you know, and I can really um, be honest to myself that I have tried in the past to really uh, be careful about how I approach the forgiveness, uh, you know, and in the moment that I am you know, working with it. However, the mind, it is very persistent. So once you, once you say, okay, I'm going to let go of this upset that I have towards this particular individual, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to move on. And yes, I do create my boundaries. This person is not going to be welcome anymore into my life, but I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be sending you know good energy let's see maybe this person can turn a better person next time with somebody else uh still my mind keeps over and over again hey you know you remember what happened there and again i feel the resentment so how is that um you know <laughs> yes such a great question and i and i assume that something resonates with me i assume with everybody else right uh, we try to change the way our heart and mind reacts to somebody. And this is actually another great point, which I should probably give in the list. We often think about forgiveness as a thing which happens. It's like, oh, now I forgave and it's done. That's, in my, that's not how forgiveness works. It's not like a one-time thing. It's like, oh, now I've forgiven, move on, it's finished. Forgiveness, like you know, any meditation practice you may be engaged in or any cultivation practice or exercise, forgiveness is a practice, Right? So in my experience of forgiveness, I don't think I've rarely, I, don't think, I can think of any, any situation which I've had serious forgiveness to work on where it's been like, I sit down, I do it, done. <laughs> in experience of forgiveness, it's been like, oh, days, weeks, months of every day doing a forgiveness practice and slowly, slowly the heart softens and opens. Slowly, slowly that perseveration, that story, that narrative in the mind starts to fall away, Right? 
And so it's like it's any kind of practice we're doing of cultivating something, of strengthening a muscle, is that we're just slowly cultivating a different approach, a different way of being in the world. And it's a practice. We're going to do the, uh, one form of that practice together today. And you'll see how it's a practice. We're just going to, we're going to use phrases. We're going to cultivate the state over and over again. I, I do practice meditation regularly. Yeah. So, um, and at the end of my meditation, I do a 10 minutes meta meditation. Yeah, great. Uh, but still, like, whenever I evoke the name of the person, I want to forgive. Is it still okay? <laughs> sure, great. But even if you think of meta, if you think about people you send meta to, right? So, um, you know, never mind the person you need to forgive. Never mind the difficult person, right? But now just think about, let's say even a person who's a friend of yours you send metta to, but, oh, maybe you have conflict every now and then, right? So just because you did metta towards them doesn't mean you're always 100% loving and open to them every moment, right? Right. Just doesn't mean that. That's not the way it works, actually, with us human beings. <laughs> the way it works is, as you do that, it cultivates that state. It encourages, it supports that state. Perhaps there's less conflict. There's more of an open heart. And over the years, as you do that, the heart opens more and more in that way. And it's the same thing we'll see in the forgiveness practice. If you choose to continue to do it, you'll see that same processes happen. A little bit like fake it until you make it, I guess. Yeah, but I wouldn't even call it fake it. It's more about, it's like, you know, water wearing away stone. But I think it goes a little faster than that. You know, yeah. it's that you just, each day you practice, each day you practice, it creates the creativity. We say in our in our in our tradition, right? Mitzvah goreret mitzvah, avera goreret avera. A mitzvah brings another mitzvah with it, right? A, 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 a transgression, a damaging somebody brings more damage with it, right? So that's all we're saying. It's like the more you cultivate this way of being, the more it reinforces itself, right? Mm. And the less you do it, the less it happens. Just for that simple, right? Just do it slowly, learning and... It doesn't have to be some big wow moment where all of a sudden it's gone, but you can see the heart start to shift. Mm-hmm. And, and part of what we can see there is um, when we start to touch the liberation that's available in that, that gives power and energy to our practice because we see what relief it gives us to not have to carry around that resentment so much. So let's uh, take a moment now to turn um, to some texts. Uh, we're just going to look at them quite briefly. There's a series of texts. Of, 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 there's a, I'll explain these texts in a moment. There's a whole series of texts um, from a teacher named Rabbi Moshe Cordovero. Rabbi Moshe Cordovero was one of the leading Kabbalists in Sfat uh, in the 16th century, a place of a you know, huge renaissance of Jewish mysticism. And he wrote a book called Tomer Devorah, uh, The Palm Tree of Deborah, a beautiful, beautiful work and really the first popular Kabbalistic work. And in it, he has an extensive, extensive discussion of forgiveness. And if you'll see on my screen, you'll see that I brought uh, just two small sections from chapter one, the sixth section, and uh, under that, the 13th section. Now, he's he's an extensive discussion of forgiveness and lots of beautiful imagery of sort of the way the divine cleanses us and the way we should cleanse other people. And the whole structure of the book is it talks about sort of the divine and how the divine relates to us and how we want to emulate that. We want to emulate God's relationship to us, God's compassion and mercy and openness. And so I want us to look at this text briefly together because he gives here two pointers, uh, two things that might help us with forgiveness. So if you look at text number six, if you see where I am, I'm going to, 
go down a little bit, and I'm going to start with this paragraph where I've just outlined it. They do kindness one to another. Even if they are guilty, they shall be spared and have a remnant. It is in the Rimjash. So this text is talking about how the divine forgives us. Why does the divine forgive us? And it says, they do kindness to one another. This is the angels. So even if they are guilty, this is the people of Israel, even if we mess up, because we're kind to each other, we are spared. That is, we're forgiven, and, and parts of us remain. And the reason is because he, here God, delights in mercy. God delights in mercy, which Israel does to one to the other, and remembers this aspect even when they are guilty from another point of view. That is, very simply, God says, well, they're nice people. Maybe they messed up in this way, but they did lots of other nice stuff, you know? And if I remember the nice stuff they did, well, maybe it opens my heart a little bit, right? Maybe it opens my heart a little bit. And so he continues, it is fitting, therefore, that a person makes this quality his own, even when he is offended or provoked. If the offender has his good points in that he is kind to others, or he possesses some other good quality, this should be sufficient to soothe his anger, so that his heart is pleased with him, and he delights in the kindness he does. And he should say, it is enough for me that he possesses this good quality, how much more so with regard to one's wife, right? Fortunately, from a, a patriarchal perspective here, as the rabbis say, it is enough that they rear our children and save us from sin. So should he say with regard to old men, it is enough for me that he has shown me another man's kindness, that he possesses this particular good quality, and he should delight in mercy. Very simple practice. Right? He says, look, somebody's uh, hurt you, and you pause for a second and say, okay, but this person has also done good things, right? And I like very much that he brings up the example of, of a spouse, because I know my own experience of, you know, my beloved. Uh, we get into conflict. Of course, she's done infinite uh, kind things for me, <laughs> for our family, and, right? So, I mean, there's so many over the many years we've been together and been married, right? Uh, countless, countless ways that she has been loving to me. But in some moment of conflict, of course, it can feel like that's all gone, right? And uh, they're only evil and out to get you in some way, right? And we have that happen in all kinds of relationships, of course. And so, can we just pause and say, oh, wait a second, okay, I see this, yes, I had that experience. But I also know this person has been kind to me. And so I want to pause for a second, just do a, really a 30-second practice and um, invite you to just ask yourself to bring to mind, not, not the hardest person, not the person who's the biggest challenge for you to forgive, somebody who maybe there's a little resentment towards, they've hurt you in some way, but you know well that in general they're a friend, they're a relative, they're a loved one in some way, just bring them to mind. And just for a moment, bring to mind all their good qualities. Just think one by one of the nice things about that person. And see how concrete you can be in remembering specific nice things they've done for you or for somebody else. Right? Just anything they've done that's been a nice thing, where they've been kind or generous or nice to be around. Just take a moment and do that. Really bring that person to mind. Notice the feeling of resentment, however much it's there. Just take a moment to really bring to mind their positive qualities, one by one, as concretely as possible, really imagining it before you. Just take 30 seconds to do that now. So just noticing now, you can just pause there for a moment. You can just notice, what does your heart feel like at this moment towards this person? You haven't even done any practice of forgiveness yet. Just noticing for a moment. 
does my heart feel the same as when I brought up the thing that they did me wrong? And has it shifted at all now that I brought up the thing that did me right? So I know we're going through this quite quickly because we have limited time, but any thoughts about that? Comments, things people uh, want to share? I'm noticing I'm not seeing all of your faces at once, so um, if you have a question, do feel free to unmute and ask the question because I may not be able to see the raised hand. Denise has had her hand up, so maybe she has something to share. Great, Denise. Oh, mine was, um, it was a question from before, though. It's not exactly related to the 32nd. Um, so I know this is true for me. Um, I was raised to be like a really good girl and always be nice and agreeable and all this kind of stuff. Um, and when I think about forgiveness for the ones that are hard for me to do, it, it's like you said, I'm scared it's going to happen again. And so I'm just wondering if part of what what I need and maybe other people needs is um, to have like more of an ability to develop healthy boundaries. Because if you know something's not going to happen again, then it's, I, I feel like it's so much easier to open my heart. Whereas if I feel threatened, like my heart is really kind of closed. Amen. I love that. And I would say, you know, right, right on that sense that this is why we haven't come to this yet, but I think there's a kind of fierceness uh, in forgiveness. There's a fierceness, for, uh, fierceness, I think, of courage of the heart in forgiveness, right? There's a kind of fierceness of being willing to embrace what feels scary and shaky. And there's also a fierceness in being very clear about what is okay and what is not, and what is acceptable and what is not, and what I'm going to allow and what I'm not going to allow, Right? And when we're very clear about that, just as you're saying, it precisely opens up the space for forgiveness to happen. Uh, because, as you said, we're not a friend anymore, right? There's just more space there. Yeah. I see another hand raised, but I can't see uh, your name for some reason on my screen. Susan. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Right, Susan. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, I've been struggling a little bit with a situation where if I'm, I feel slighted or hurt somewhat but the person involved doesn't really have a sense that they were the ones that that they hurt me by something they did or said and I wonder and I can find room in my heart to forgive them I mean to yeah but I don't know that they feel in other words my, my thought process has been maybe I should say I forgive them no, I should ask them to forgive me because I think something I may have said slighted them. You know what I'm saying? But I, I know what you're saying. I think they don't a, even think about it. You know, right? I think there's a few different things that happen here. The first thing is, I think, which is a great point, as you said, they might not even be thinking about it. <laughs> you're walking around suffering. They're not thinking about it at all. They could care less, right? <laughs> which is goes back to our first right. one, which is like you're the one suffering in this situation. The second thing I think is, I want to go, this is not what you said, but I, but I want to bring it up. Again, to just be very clear about the forgiveness. And then wisdom, you know, it might be correct. It might be correct. I don't know the situation. I don't know any particulars. I don't know anything, right? But it could be correct mm -hmm. for you. And you don't need to say forgive them. But if something they said hurt you, to let them know, right? It doesn't have to be an aggressive way. It could just be, hey, I want to let you know you said this. And that was painful with me. And I want to share with you uh, my experience, how that felt hurtful for me. Taking responsibility for yourself, taking responsibility of your own interpretation, doing that, you know, being as clear as you can. 
But if you felt somebody said something which wasn't appropriate and was hurtful, then that's a fine thing to share. And that there's no conflict between that and forgiveness. In fact, quite the opposite. I find if I'm, you know, if the heart is open, then I can do that in a way that's actually effective and can be heard by the other person. When the heart is full of resentment and anger, that clearly comes across in my speech. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to share with them what I'm upset about. It's much, much harder to hear. And then you're saying a third thing, which is great to reflect on. Oh, maybe actually there was some kind of uh, interaction here where I said something which actually felt hurtful to them and I wasn't aware of it. And that's why they were responding that way. And that's beautiful, I think, to, to offer. You may, you may reflect on it. You may think you did or you didn't. Or you may just ask, you know, I'm also curious. Perhaps I said something which didn't feel good to you. I haven't I've thought about it. I haven't been able to identify what it is. But if I did, please tell me. I'm open to the feedback, you know, and it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to jump forward to our next text, so we make sure we have some time to practice. And this text is just another beautiful example. So he says, um, from the days of old, this is the quality which a holy one, blessed be he, possesses with regards to Israel. When, for instance, the merit of the fathers has come to an end and they are unworthy in themselves, what does he do? So this is saying like, okay, we had these great ancestors, but they're done, and at the moment, we're not behaving that well, you know, which has been known to happen in the Jewish world, right? <laughs> a few times in our history, not doing so well. What does he do? He says, I remember for thee the affection of your youth, the love of your betrothal, your spouse. The Holy One, blessed be he, recalls the good deeds they've done from the day of their birth and the good qualities which the Holy One, blessed be he, controls the world. From all these, he creates a special property which is to show mercy to them. This quality embraces all the others. Okay, so... Same idea. The divine remembers our sort of most initial good qualities, but now he's going to give the parallel, and we'll see how it goes deeper than before. So too should a person behave. Even when he cannot discover any pleas, such as those mentioned above, he should say, Behold, there was a time when they had not sinned, and in that time, when former days they are worthy. And he should recall the good they have done in their youth, and remember the love of them that are weaned from the milk, them that are drawn from the breasts, in this, no man will be found unworthy recipient of goodness, nor unworthy to be prayed for and to have mercy shown to him. Because what he says is, if you can't think of anything good, the person is done. <laughs> this is just a rotten person, or it's not coming to mind for me. Think of them as a baby, right? Wean for the rest. Nobody's ever met a bad baby, right? <laughs> There's never been a bad baby. Babies are just babies, right? <laughs> Everybody's just babies. They're all cute. They're all, right? They're, that's just the nature of us as we come into the world. And it's this beautiful practice of reflecting and saying, oh, what if I recall this person before whatever happened to them happened to them, before these patterns developed, before, right, they started acting in harmful ways. Certainly, at least as an infant, there is a kind of profound innocence uh, and beauty to them. And uh, thinking of them that way might open up a certain kind of a certain kind of love for them, a certain kind of care for them, right? That's what infants do. It's a great practice to do. I would encourage, we'll get to this a little bit. We're going to work on self-forgiveness as well. It's a great practice for ourselves to picture ourselves as a young child, right? It helps just evoke that sense of compassion and care, uh, which makes it easier to do this process of forgiveness. So I'm going to stop screening my screen now. Um, and just again, ask before we go on to practice, thoughts, questions, um, anything people want to bring up around just, just those small, we just did a small few very uh, brief pointers out of the many pointers that the Ramakari Moshe Kodavero gives 
about what might start to incline the heart and mind in the direction of forgiveness. Okay, so what we're going to do now is um, do a forgiveness practice together. And basically, I'm just going to lead you through it. And the way it's going to work is that we're going to be present in our bodies for a moment. And I'm going to invite you into saying a, a series of phrases. And uh, these phrases are going to relate to three kind of components of forgiveness, three kinds of situations in their being. So one of the phrases is going to relate to us asking forgiveness of people we have hurt, right? the people we may have damaged over the course of the year, asking them to forgive us. A second component is going to be us offering forgiveness to those who have hurt us. And a third component is going to be us offering forgiveness to ourselves, to the way we have hurt ourselves, right? And we've all done, I assume, just as human beings, we've all done all of these things, right? We've hurt other people intentionally or unintentionally. We've been hurt intentionally or unintentionally. And in, in some ways, we've obviously not always made the wisest, best decisions for ourselves in every moment, right? And so we've done things which have not been best for ourselves in some moments. What's very important to remember here is the first thing is that it helps if we come with the perspective of just our shared human fallibility, right? We've all messed up. Everybody else has messed up. It's part of what it means to be human. It's just part of what it means to be human. You know, and that our basic intention here is a kind of refusal to live with our hearts closed. Right? Just a refusal to live with our hearts closed. And so wherever we're feeling, however much openness or resistance we feel of forgiveness, that's absolutely fine. You don't have to go anywhere you don't want to go here. Um, you're just going to, open and, and, and perhaps be willing to experiment and see what arises in your heart in the midst of this experience. Lily Tomlin said that forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. Right? It's very wise, right? There's some part of us that thinks if we hang on to the resentment, it'll somehow change what happened. Right? Nothing's going to change what happened. What happened happened. It's behind us. But what we do have the power is to change what might happen next whether that's an external way or just in an internal way of our own heart. So I encourage you to just take a moment to sort of come into your body, find yourself on your chair or your cushion or wherever you're sitting. Take a moment to bring your attention to your feet, to your legs, to your bottom, whatever's in contact with the chair or the floor. And on the exhalation, just allow them to become heavy, to sink into the chair and floor. Bring your attention to your lower back and spine. and the inhalation, allow the lower back and spine to separate and rise towards the ceiling. On the exhalation, to settle without collapsing on the chair or cushion or floor. Bring your attention to your upper back and spine. On the inhalation, allow the vertebrae in the upper back and spine to separate and rise towards the ceiling. And on the exhalation, to settle without collapsing on the lower back and spine. Bring your attention to your shoulders. On the inhalation, allow the shoulders to go up and back, and on the exhalation, allow them to drop back and down. Allow your elbows to hang heavy from your shoulders and your hands to lie heavy in your lap. Bring your attention to your neck. On the inhalation, allow the vertebrae in your neck to separate and rise towards the ceiling, and on the exhalation, to settle without collapsing in the spine. Bring your attention to the very top of the head and let the very top of the head just reach towards the sky. 
elongating the back of the neck, and on the exhalation, settling on the neck and spine. Allow the muscles in their face to relax, the forehead to relax, the corners of the eyes to relax, the cheekbones to relax, the jawbones to relax. And for, you could just take a moment to bring a gentle smile to your face. Just allow a gentle smile to be present. But you can just notice now, you know, notice the fact that we're soon going to enter into a practice of forgiveness. You might just inquire, what will I have to feel if I no longer feel anger and resentment towards this person? What might I have to accept if I do that or to do that? What might stop me from doing that? What objections or blocks or barriers are there, which is absolutely fine. And might we inquire, what might allow me to release the suffering? What might allow me to find this freedom? Don't I deserve to be free? Don't we deserve to be free? In a way, when we refuse to forgive, we continue the hurt that we experienced. We continue to damage ourselves, to continue that hurt that another did to us. So allow yourself to just feel for a moment whatever your heart feels like right now. Is it tender? Is it numb? Is it angry? Is it open? It's all fine. Whatever is at present. And just give yourself full permission to be with that part of your experience. You can't do this wrong. Just imagine for a moment that you're breathing right in and out of your heart. just set your intention in whatever way feels right for you to release some of these past resentments. So we'll start, as I said, by asking for forgiveness. So when you're ready, bring your mind to some ways in which you've hurt others. Maybe you hurt them or let them down or snapped at them. We didn't respond to them kindly, intentionally, unintentionally, knowingly at the moment, or perhaps unknowingly, you only felt it afterwards. Just bring to mind one of those moments or some of those moments. If you can for a moment, see if you can acknowledge and feel whatever pain or fear or anger or confusion motivated your actions. Why did you respond at that moment in that way? Can you notice that it was always out of some kind of tightness or anger or lostness or confusion? Just see if you can notice that. What was happening in the heart and the mind and the body when you responded in an unhelpful way? Now see if you can also notice the pain of that person. Don't turn it into guilt or some horrible thing. Just noticing if you've hurt somebody, oh, it really hurt them. 
Now bring a particular example or examples, whichever is most resonant with you right now. And I'm going to suggest to you a number of phrases you can use. I'm going to say them. I'm going to go through them maybe two or three times. And whichever ones most resonate with you, you can use. And you'll just say them over and over again with as much genuine intention to ask, ask for forgiveness as you can. As much as you can. Where it's not open, it's not open. So you might say, I ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive me for having caused you harm. Or, I now understand that my actions hurt you. And I ask for your forgiveness. Or, for the ways I've harmed you, may I be forgiven. Or, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Please forgive me. I'll say those again. You can say all of them. You can pick one and say it over and over again, each time genuinely trying to open the heart in forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive me for having caused you harm. I now understand that my actions hurt you, and I ask for your forgiveness. For the ways I have harmed you, may I be forgiven. I'm sorry I hurt you. Please forgive me. So take a few moments just to say those phrases to yourself. Whichever ones are most resonant with you, feel free to change them. Just asking for forgiveness in an open-hearted way. Start to get lost in the story. Drop the story. Just come back to the phrases. Come back to the heart. I ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive me for having caused you harm. I now understand that my actions hurt you. And I ask for your forgiveness. For the ways I have harmed you, may I be forgiven. You might picture the person you're asking for forgiveness from. Perhaps imagining how grateful they feel for this apology. You might feel that conveyed in their face, in their eyes. They would also like to be free of this resentment, pain. Take another few moments. Now you can let go of the reflection on those you have harmed. Just relax for a moment to take a breath. Just check in with your heart. What does it feel like now? Whatever's there right now is okay. Openness, tightness. Release, resentment, whatever's there is fine. Now we're going to move on to ways in which we've been hurt. We are attempting to release the feeling of resentment, to forgive the actors, not the action. Just as you've been confused at times and act out of 
anger or pain, so too are these other people. So too are these other people. So bring to mind, though, now a particular person or a few people who have caused you harm. And in this moment, with as much sincerity as possible, you're going to start offering forgiveness. Again, I'm going to say some phrases. You'll repeat them to yourselves. You can use my wording or you can change the wording. Whatever feels most resonant in, in offering forgiveness. I forgive you. I forgive you for all the ways you hurt me. I offer my forgiveness. I now offer you my forgiveness as much as I can right now. I offer you this. As much as I can right now, I offer my forgiveness. To all those who have hurt me, I offer my forgiveness. Continuing to offer that forgiveness to say the phrases. Or you might say, I hope to offer forgiveness. If there's a block there, if it feels hard, that's perfectly fine. Or I intend to offer my forgiveness. Or I invite forgiveness to arise. Or as much as I can right now, I offer my forgiveness. No problem. Just inviting the heart to open as much as it can. You're forgiving yourself for holding on so long to this resentment. You're forgiving for the sake of your own freedom. So again, you might say these phrases, I forgive you. I forgive you for all the ways you hurt me. I offer my forgiveness. As much as I can right now, I offer you my forgiveness. All those who have hurt me, I offer my forgiveness. Just letting the heart offer forgiveness as much as it can, saying those phrases, riding the phrases, allowing forgiveness to ride the phrases, at least to ride the phrases as much as possible for you. Now just letting your heart return to settle down and noticing what that was your experience of that practice. Allow whatever you're allowed to experience to just be perfect. However much your heart opened or didn't open, that's perfect. That's fine right now. Acknowledge whatever desire arose in you to forgive and to be forgiven. Again, just checking with how the heart is feeling right now. No right, no wrong. It's all okay. Just seeing what's true. Allowing the belly to soften. And letting go. As much as you can, just letting go. Just as we have heard others, we have also heard ourselves. 
maybe we've let ourselves down in some way or did something that was harmful for ourselves, harmful thoughts or feelings or actions. It's okay. Just pause for a moment and just feel whatever sorrow or grief might be there from this confusion in our life from the fact that we've harmed ourselves. Just breathing into that sorrow and confusion. Breathing into the grief. Making room for forgiveness, for inviting yourself back into your heart. Maybe the ways you've judged yourself or criticized yourself. And with as much heart as possible, we just start to offer forgiveness. As I said before, it may be helpful to picture yourself as a, a child, when you were a child, similar with these other people. When you had a big open heart before things got so complicated. And again, you might just offer these phrases and you might change the phrases in any way that works for you. Please forgive me for the ways I've caused you harm. Or for all the ways I've hurt myself, I forgive myself. I offer my forgiveness. I now understand that my actions hurt myself or hurt you. Whatever works better for you. And I ask for your forgiveness. Or I forgive myself as much as I can right now. As much as possible right now for me, I offer myself forgiveness. Please forgive me for all the ways I've caused you harm. For all the ways I have hurt myself, I forgive myself. I offer myself forgiveness. I now understand that my actions hurt you, and I ask for your forgiveness. For I forgive myself as much as I can right now. As much as possible, I forgive myself. Again, take a few moments, take a minute or two. Just say those phrases to offer yourself forgiveness. Being very gentle with yourself and your heart. And again, just inviting yourself back into your heart. Whatever has happening in this moment is just perfect, just the way it is. Just give yourself permission to feel what's present. Now dropping the phrases and just coming back to your heart, being very gentle with yourself. Perhaps you touch some real tenderness. And just caring for yourself in this moment, being with whatever is there, being gentle with ourselves, taking the time we need as you prepare to come back together. Just end our practice together with an igun, and then we'll have some time for sharing any questions that might be arising. Yeah, 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 yeah.
again for being willing to experiment with that practice with me. I want to invite, uh, again, any comments, thoughts, uh, questions people have uh, to anybody who would like to share to please uh, just speak up and, uh, and share. Rabbi, you are quite amazing. You are super. <laughs> uh, I really uh, appreciate the way that you led us today on this uh, process of forgiveness. Um, very soothing the way that you are presenting, you know, your, uh, your teachings. Very, very soothing. Very, very honest. Very, very open. Uh, I brought tears to my eyes. I could feel very connected uh, to the three steps of uh, forgiveness, and I was able to really um, have a true intimacy with each of the individuals I dealt with and with my own self. It was the most uh, important moment of intimacy I had uh, for a couple of minutes or so, um, and I could feel the whole pain. You know, we are, yeah, indeed, human beings. We are not perfect. We behave like children all the time. We forget our manners. We forget, you know, our good stuff. And, and, and you know, I, 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 we create so much pain. But thanks so much for giving us the opportunity this morning to, um, to be grown-ups. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for. Uh, just think if these practice, if this practice resonated with you, and you're interested in exploring it more, uh, my organization Orhalev is doing a retreat, a virtual retreat, online retreat, just before Yom Kippur. Um, you can participate in the whole thing, but you can also just come for the sort of key session each day. And each day we'll do a different practice like this. We'll do a much more in-depth forgiveness practice one day. We'll do an in-depth uh, chuva practice one day of discovering the good in our own faults. Uh, we'll do an in-depth love practice another day, an in-depth joy practice another day. Um, so I've pasted that into the chat. Uh, feel free to go there and click. Uh, and if people are interested in pursuing these practices more, um, we'd love to see you there. Any other comments, Lassie? Yeah, please, Wanda. Hi. This has been absolutely lovely. I love it. Um, so I also um, I do study A Course in Miracles as well. And... Um, I, a quote that just kept popping into my head was the holiest place on earth is where an ancient hatred becomes a present love. And it's like as human beings and carrying the spark of God inside of all of us, it's like every time we forgive someone of whatever it is, it's like I can just imagine like a Google map with like that, that point, that little red point that says the, the, the pinpoint of like, it's right here. Like all those lighting up as different people 
forgive stuff and let go of things that they've been holding on to. And like, maybe that's what's going to transform our planet as much as, Mm. as much as anything, just all these holy moments and becoming holy places on the planet. That's beautiful. Thank you. You know, there was, um, as you, as you, I'm sure you all know, (laughs) the United Arab Emirates and Israel just, uh, you know, just had a peace agreement, which is very exciting. And, um, an organization which I'm connected with and now are inviting me to maybe be part of this process, but they did a, one thing that was a, was a, a joint meditation between an Israeli and United Arab Emirate meditation teacher, uh, which is a really lovely, just a lovely, lovely thing to do. And precisely that sense of like, oh, okay, ancient hatred, and maybe there's a way to transform that into, into present love. Um, so thank you again, everybody. So lovely to sit with you. I'll share it again. Oralev.org is uh, the organization I work for. We do this kind of work all the time. There are online courses. There are retreats. Someday there will be physical retreats again, although <laughs> that they will wait, of course, uh, at the moment. Um, thank you so much for having me here. Really lovely to connect with all of you. Um, if you have any more questions, you can look on our website, and my email is there, and you can be in contact uh, with any questions or follow-up. Um, Shana Tovat, everybody. May it be a beautiful Elul, a wonderful process of opening. Shabbat Shalom, as we say already on Thursday here in Israel. Uh, and, and just be well, everybody. Thank you so much, Rabbi James. This was really, really beautiful. And one of the things that I thought about when you chose that tune at the end was that though you sang it as a nigun, it's actually a tune that brings forth to us all these different angels who have different ways of helping us. And I couldn't help but think of the three different steps that you took us through and those three different angels and how there are different people in our lives that help us through each one of those steps. Uh, Maybe they're angels and maybe they're just people that we have uh, surrounding us who act as angels. Um, So thank you for bringing that to us and allowing us to, to really come into this day, but also into this season with a lot of gratitude for that practice and to be able to engage in that as we move forward through Tishrei. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am, Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.